Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. Through interviews with female entrepreneurs, Made It Happen is dedicated to inspiring others through stories of those who've experienced going out on their own firsthand, discussing all the highs and the lows. It can be easy to see the glamorous side of starting your own business through the internet and social media, but what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Listen in for tangible tips and advice for growing your business from those who have been there. Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. Today's guest is Alana Dunn, a millennial and Gen Z dating expert, content creator, and the host of the podcast Seeing Other People. With over eight years of content creation experience, four years of dating experience, and two years of podcast hosting, Alana's mission is to create content that helps daters feel more empowered and less alone in their dating lives. This is such a great conversation and such a fun episode. We talk about everything from her experience at Hinge to going out on her own and creating her own podcast, being creatively stunted and how to overcome this, truly building a community that is invested in you, how you own your calendar, your calendar does not own you, and trying to find that balance, the importance of making meaningful connections and how to do this, and so much more. So tune in, I hope you enjoy this episode. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to talk about The Breakfast Pantry, a female-powered Canadian brand dedicated to helping customers experience their best mornings. They thoughtfully curate a selection of plant-based breakfast and pantry staples, health and wellness products, eco-conscious home goods, and more. When shopping with The Breakfast Pantry, you're supporting dozens of small businesses whose products are available on their site. You can shop via their e-commerce store at www.thebreakfastpantry.com where they offer shipping across Canada and the U.S. That's thebreakfastpantry.com. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining me here today. And I'm so excited to hear about your journey as an entrepreneur and just your journey in general. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it has most definitely been a journey. (laughs) That is truly the right way to describe it with lots of twists and turns. (laughs) Well, I can't wait to hear all about them. So to start things off, do you want to maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name is Alana Dunn. I'm 27 years old. I live in New York City, and I am the host of the podcast, Seeing Other People, which is a dating podcast all about like really coming together and, and sharing our stories and feeling less alone in dating and also learning from experts how we can be our best selves and show up on our dates and, and in our relationships like as best as we can. And yeah, before that, I was working at Hinge, which is how I ended up getting into the dating world. I was creating content um, and I created a podcast for them called Dating Sucks. And prior to that, my dating life very much sucked, or I suppose it still sucked while I was going through <laughs> my time at Hinge. But um, I actually was in the music business uh, for a few years out of college. And while that was happening, my dating life was really up in flames. And when I heard about the job at Hinge, I was like, oh, I could help people not end up in situations that I'm in. Like, hell yeah, let's do it. (laughs) And that's how I got here. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, there's definitely so much I want to dive into there. And so I guess to start off, you know, from the beginning, how did you first get into the music industry? 
So uh, since about like seventh or eighth grade, I my like only love in the world was for the Jonas Brothers. It's all I cared about. Every inch of my room at home was plastered in posters, like including my ceiling. And all I thought about, all I talked about was my love for the Jonas Brothers. And I really didn't know what I wanted to do going into college. I knew I loved the Jonas Brothers. I also, my other love was for photography and just anything I could do with my camera, photos, videos. I was always entering like music video contests for my favorite bands. And something about like communications just sounded like, okay, like that kind of involves stuff like that. I guess it's what I want to do. So I applied to a bunch of communications programs and I ended up going to Syracuse where I studied television, radio, film. And I, took, um, I went through my freshman year and then I had to declare a minor and I like had no idea what I wanted to do. And I was looking at this list of like 300 minors and I'm like, I'll probably be a psych minor because everyone's a psych minor. And I saw like music business and I was like, oh my God, wait a second. Right. Like there's people who work in the music industry. And, um, not only that, but like when I was growing up with my love for the Jonas Brothers, I was always really envious of my friends whose parents' friends worked in the business and they had all these connections and could help them get front row tickets and, you know, backstage passes and meet and greets. And my parents didn't have those friends. And so that was really upsetting for me. So I was like, you know what? Like I can do this. I can A, become the connection that I never had. And B, I can help use my skills to, to help people fall in love with music the same way I did by feeling more connected to their favorite musicians. I love that. And I think that, you know, a lot of people can definitely relate to that journey, you know, going in and not, not knowing sort of where you want to go. And so it's great that you were able to sort of find that path. And then from there, you know, then you went to being the face of Hinge. And I know you gave a little glimpse into that, but do you want to tell us a little bit more about how that all happened? Yeah. So after working in music for a few years, I was feeling really stuck. You know, I felt like, oh, I really like I knew exactly what I wanted to do throughout college once I started doing it. And I had all these internships and like I had the coolest experiences ever as an intern. And I was learning so much and had my foot in every door I wanted to get into. And it felt like it felt so right. And then I graduated college. I got a job and suddenly it felt so wrong where it felt so like corporate and like I was really at the bottom of this ladder that was going to take years and years and years to climb up. And next to me were my coworkers who were 10 years older than me, who were still living paycheck to paycheck. And they were still doing like similar jobs to me just in higher roles and they weren't happy. And I was like, I don't feel like this is what I got into this for. Like, I don't feel like I'm helping people fall in love with music. I don't feel like I'm helping people discover songs and bands that are going to like improve their lives and and make them feel like someone understands them. And so I ended up feeling really lost and and really like upset and it was really disappointing. And at the same time, I was actually working for a band on the side. I was managing them because I thought about getting into management. And I ended up getting into this not great situation that I would highly not recommend anyone do where I was kind of dating one of the guys in the band and it was a secret from the other guy in the band. And it obviously went up in flames. My whole life became like a dumpster fire. It was my emotions entangled with my work. I was going to move to LA with these guys to like pursue our like dreams together. And it was this whole big thing where like, dating life combined with music, disaster, need to get away from music, feeling terrible about everything, feeling lost, confused, alone. 
And I spent about like six months applying to jobs where none of those jobs were in music. I was applying to everything I could possibly find. Like I I remember applying to like three year rotational programs where I'd have to do a year in finance and I hadn't taken math since high school. And I would like go on a date and ask a guy to help me with my interview assignment. So I really was lost. And I ended up like getting really lucky where somebody I knew, knew somebody at Hinge and kept saying like, oh, I wish Hinge's marketing team was hiring. You would be so great for this. And I was always the friend where even if my dating life was a disaster, my friends would come to me asking for help, not necessarily because I knew the right answer, but because I loved to listen to them. And I loved to like talk through their problems with them and was really just like there for it. And suddenly after this like six month search of endlessly applying and interviewing and not having something click, that person texted me being like, Hinge is hiring a video and content producer. Here's the link. Like, Alana, go apply right now. Like this just got posted. And I looked at the job description and I was like, I actually have all of these skills. Like I can do almost all of these things. And so I was like, no, like I need to get this job. Like I need it. So I think I stayed up all night. I made my resume look like a Hinge profile and I sent in a video because I saw that part of the job was actually going to be like, like I said, like being the face of Hinge. And so they wanted me to really be this like on-camera personality. I literally had never done that before. Like I had no idea what I was doing, but I was like, I'm going to make this work. Like I have to convince them that I know how to do this and I'm really good at it. And they saw how much effort I put into my application. They interviewed me and I got the job. Wow. I, I love that. And I think that it's such a you know, just along your journey, like I feel like so many people are able to sort of relate to that. And then, you know, once you sort of were in the, in that industry, and then, you know, can you tell us a little bit about that transition afterwards? You know, now you have your own podcast and and freelancing and sort of doing your own sort of segment from Hinge. Um, Do you want to tell us a little bit about that transition? Yeah. So first I'll start with the transition going into Hinge because that was actually really, really tough. I was really excited about the job. I was really excited about the company and the people that I was working with. But in music, what had happened was I kept getting kind of knocked down where it really felt like my ideas didn't matter. You know, my first year there, I had so many ideas, so many ways like I was on a marketing team and like part of being on a marketing team is coming up with creative ideas to help market what you're selling, which was a song or an album or a tour. And I had all of these ideas and I kept bringing them to my boss and the head of my team. And they were like, this is amazing, but it's never going to happen. And that was really hard. So after that, I was like, well, like, I'm going to turn that part of my brain off because there's no point in coming up with ideas anymore. There's no point in being creative anymore. And so when I got to Hinge, I had a really difficult time actually remembering how to think creatively and remembering how to come up with ideas and then saying to myself like, oh, I have this idea. I can actually make it happen. So the first few months were really tough. My boss was really patient with me and I ended up getting to like a really good place where I was like, no, like I, I am empowered here to have these ideas to come up with like any idea of how crazy it is. And, and they would say like, come up with an idea and, and try it out. And if it sticks, great. If not, come up with a different one. And so that was really great. And though it was a tough transition, it really like inspired me and got my creative juices flowing again. And one of the big parts of my job, which kind of got me to where I am now, which I never would have expected to be, was really like creating content where I was talking like me to camera about different dating topics. And I, oh my God, like in the beginning, it was so hard. But for 
for the longest time, I think my first year at Hinge, I said, I'll talk about dating, but I'm not talking about my dating life. Like my dating life is private. It is for me and it is for nobody else except for the people I'm dating, my friends who I want to share it with. And I kept it very surface level at first. And then after about a year, I was going through a really difficult breakup and I was having a tough time. And I was like, I can't just sit here and pretend like everything's fine and like dating is always going to be fine because it's not fine and I'm not fine. And so I actually went on the Hinge Instagram story and posted a video about how I'm like really struggling with this breakup. And I know I'm always giving them advice, but I really wanted to turn to them for support and like words of encouragement and anything they could could tell me about like getting through this. And it was this insane moment where like in those 24 hours that that story was up, the hinge DMs were flooded with people reaching out, thanking me for just letting them know like, Hey, this is really hard for me too. And I'm struggling. And they were like, Oh my God, on like, I'm going through something similar. Like I feel so much less alone now. I feel so seen. Like what you said made me feel so like understood. And I was like, Oh my God, okay, I'm going to throw like my whole philosophy about not talking about my personal life out the window. And so I really started to talk about what was going on in my dating life. Not so much the people I was dating because I never wanted anyone to not want to date me because of what I did for a living, but more so how, how I was feeling and what I was struggling with. And so after a while of doing this on video for like Hinge socials, I was like, how great would it be if we actually like went into more detail about this and talked to people who could really help? And so I pitched the idea of starting a podcast and they were like, yeah, like let's do it. So I started dating sucks for hinge and we did one season of that. And it was, it, it was really like, Oh my God, this is what I'm meant to be doing. And after the first season mid pandemic hinge actually made the decision to shut down their content department. They actually have not posted anything on social since November, 2020 when I worked there. And so I lost my job and I was not expecting that. Wow. I, yeah, I feel like, I mean, I know a lot of people sort of are going through a similar boat and it's just crazy sort of, you know, thinking about that. And so I guess, you know, once it got to that point, you know, what was your next step? What did, what did you do after that? And, you know, especially for people who are listening, who are probably in the same boat. Yeah. I, it was really interesting because I, I actually, those last six months, like I wasn't that happy there. You know, when I had started out, it was in startup mode. And like I said, like I could have any idea and try anything out. And, you know, as the company was growing as any company, as what happens to any company when it grows, the more people, more people had to get involved and approve things and have their say and stuff. So it kind of turned from like me being able to be creative to me having to like justify why I wanted to do the things I did. And so I started to feel similarly to how I felt when I was in music, like very creatively stunted and and kind of held back. And so for a while I wasn't happy and I felt like like getting season two of Dating Sucks renewed was the biggest hurdle in the world. And I didn't know if it was going to happen, but all I wanted to do was like, like make podcast episodes and keep talking about things and helping people. And I'm like, why can't I like keep doing this? Like Dating Sucks season one worked. Like, why are we, why do we have to take this like six month pause? Like, I just want to do this thing. And so as I'm getting let go, I was so shocked, but it also felt like this big weight off my shoulders where I was like, oh my God, now I can just go do it. And so actually, while I'm on the Zoom call where I'm being told I'm losing my job, I text my old co-host from Dating Sucks Season 1 and I said, Jonah, 
I'm getting fired right now. Do you want to start a podcast together? And he was like, oh my God, what? Yes, what? (laughs) And so two months later, the first episode of Seeing Other People came out and we just did it. Wow. Well, I love how you were able to take that situation and like make it your own. And I think, you know, now you have that creative freedom and, you know, you can make it what you want, which is really great to see. And so I love sort of seeing those, you know, taking any situation and sort of seeing the good in it and sort of going with it. And I mean, now you definitely are sort of on, on your way there, which is really great to see. And so, um, you know, since then, you know, starting your own podcast, your own business and building it up, do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, building that community around this new platform now? Yeah. So it's been a little over a year now. And I love that you use the word community because I think that's the most important thing for anyone to realize is that when you're creating a podcast or you're creating a Instagram for your therapy business, whatever it is, it is all about the community. And you're not going to sell your product. You're not going to get people to listen to your episodes. You're not going to get people to make appointments with you unless you are making them feel like they're a part of something bigger and like you're actually creating meaningful content for them that's going to help them that's going to connect them with other people who feel the same way and that was something i really learned at hinge especially once i started opening up about my life was that's what brought people together and helped people feel less alone and so from day 1 of seeing other people i knew i had to do everything to make people feel seen, make people feel heard. And one thing that I always say is like, your podcast is only as good as the social content you make from it. And so I spend as much, if not probably way more time on the seeing other people, Instagram, on the Instagram stories, doing polls, doing Q and A's, writing question boxes about each episode, because I know that's where people can feel like they're part of something. They're not just listening to an episode and looking at content. They're a part of something bigger. They can share their feelings about a certain topic. They can DM me asking a question or sharing what's going on in their dating life. And, you know, it is really difficult in a sense where it's like, I'm spending all this time doing this thing that's actually not making me money, but at the end of the day, you have to build your community and you have to invest in your community in order for your community to, at some point, invest back in you. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely agree. And I think that those are great strategies too, because I mean, I always say like, if you can have a podcast, but if no one knows about that podcast, how are people going to listen to it? Right. And so, you know, finding that those outlets in order to to find new audiences and then also nurture the audience you already have to make them feel included, I think is so important. And you made a great point there too, about, you know, really making those connections. And I think that, you know, especially with a dating podcast, a lot of, I'm sure is like around finding those connections, but also as business owners, you know, making those connections and networking. So do you have any sort of tips or advice in sort of those situations on, you know, especially if someone's not as comfortable with making those sort of that first step or connections, um, what would you say to them? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really glad you brought that up. It's interesting because one thing I've noticed, and this is for anyone who's like in the podcast world specifically, and then I could talk about not the podcast world, but one thing I've noticed about the podcast world 
is it is the most supportive community of people. And that has blown my mind like since day one, where like you you would think, or at least on the outside, you would think like, oh, well, Alana has a dating podcast and Allie has a dating podcast. So they're in competition. And why are they going to support each other? No, Allie, Allie Jackson, Finding Mr. Height, is one of the most incredible humans I have ever met. She's so supportive of me. I'm so supportive of her. Not only do we go on each other's podcasts, but we share each other's content. We tell our listeners to listen to each other's podcasts because we know that, you know, I might not have the best advice about a certain topic, but she has great advice. And Allie's just one example, but there are so many incredible people who just understand that community and supporting each other is the best thing you can do. We're also all out here trying to start something from scratch and trying to build our like an audience and and make it work. And I just feel like this community of like podcasters and creators, they they understand like how difficult it is. It's also really hard to put yourself out there in that way. And so, you know, anytime someone reaches out to me, whether it's in over a DM or an email, or they ask a friend who knows me to connect me to them, like. I'm so more than willing to talk to them and see if there's any way I can help them, if there's anyone I can connect them to, if if, if they want to know like what platform I use to record my podcast on or who my editor is, if I can share her, like whatever it is, like it's it's a yes always. Like, of course, I want to help you because I would not be here if it weren't for all the people who helped me. So that's one thing, especially for the podcast people. For anyone else, I mean, you might not be in a similar type of like community as as this podcast world. But again, nobody got to where they are without having other people who came before them, help them and guide them and like hold their hand through some of the steps. And I know it can be really like scary and nerve wracking to reach out to someone, but figure out who you admire in whatever space you're in, whatever industry you're in. See if you know anyone on LinkedIn, on Facebook, who knows them. And if you're afraid to call, reach out to them, just reach out to your mutual connection and say like, hey, this is super random. Like, I really admire what Sarah's doing. Like, is there any way you can connect me with her? Do you think she'd be open to talking to me? I don't want to take up too much of her time, but I feel like there are a few questions I'm dying to ask her. And I think nine out of 10 times, they're going to say, yes, of course. Like, and then Sarah is going to be like, absolutely. Of course I'll talk to you, Alana. So it's, it's a few moments of discomfort for an amazing connection that could really end up helping you and going a long way. Absolutely. I definitely agree. And I love the way that you put that because I think that, you know, it is so important making those connections and even, you know, business owners and things like that. When people are starting something new, there's so many people out there who are willing to help or point you in the direction of someone who, you know, can help. And so I really, I really like that. And especially to where you said about being vulnerable, I think that, especially even when you said on hinge, you know, you shared your own story, that's what made the real connections. And I think that's so true in sort of any situation and owning a business and things like that. And then from that too, I think a lot of the advice on sort of relationships and dating. And do you have any advice on, you know, managing that with everyday life and, you know, owning a podcast, owning a business, and then also, you know, having a social life, sort of finding that balance. Cause I know it can be challenging for many people. So do you have any insights on that? It's really tough. And I'll be the first to admit that I'm not great at it. It's something that I am really trying hard now to figure out how do I do this? How do I balance this? How do I not only vent about 
how stressed I am to my boyfriend when we're out to dinner? You know, how do I really not look at my phone or answer an email the second it comes in when I'm with my parents or hanging out with my friends? Because I have been really guilty of that. And I know that when other people do it, it I don't appreciate it. Um, but at the same time, it, it really feels like there are not enough hours in the day. There are not enough hours in the week. I've spent many nights and weekends working nonstop. And at some point, you have to remember that it's not worth it unless you can also enjoy your life, unless you also can take care of yourself and, and your mental health and do the things you enjoy with the people you enjoy. And so one thing that I've really tried to do lately is like have real like working hours where like unless I have like something like a recording at like on a weekday evening, cause that happens often after a certain time, like I'm not working or you know what, like I'm turning off notifications for my email after 6 PM or I'm putting my phone on do not disturb, or I'm putting my phone actually in the other room. I'm leaving it in my bedroom when I'm in my kitchen or I'm leaving it in my kitchen when I'm in my bedroom. Like it's really making a conscious effort to create boundaries for yourself and say like, no, this is not work time. This is date time. This is friend time. Um, this is gym time. But at the same time, sometimes it can also be hard to set those times and and remember to be social and, and go on dates and, and do the things you enjoy. And so I think if you're struggling with that, try and pick at least one night of the week and one day of the weekend where you're going to do something. And even if it takes like texting your friends in advance like planning a date a week out and putting it on your calendar because I know how much we all live by our calendars. Like do that. That way no one can book over it. Same thing with like if you like to exercise or if you know that going to the gym or doing a workout class helps you feel better and like is good for your mental health, block off time to do that on your calendar so that no one can book over it. I know we all have Calendly, but sometimes those Calendly slots get filled at the last second, we're like, oh man, like I thought I had like three free hours today. Now I don't because I have a recording smack in the middle. And so you have to really take responsibility of like, this is my calendar and my schedule and my life and I can do something about it. And so now I'm even like going, like looking on a Friday at my next week and saying like, you know what? I don't want anyone to book time in this four hour period. Like I need to go take my dog to the park because that's something that makes him happy. And it's almost like therapy for me. And so really figuring out what's important to you, setting those boundaries and taking control of your calendar because you own your calendar. Your calendar does not own you. I couldn't agree more. And I think that's such a great piece of advice, especially, you know, with entrepreneurs and things, you you think that you get to sort of set your own schedule and you do, but a lot of the times it still gets sort of added in. And then eventually, you know, you look up and it's, you know, way late in the night when you were supposed to be done. So I think that, you know, setting those boundaries is definitely so important and such great advice for anyone. And, you know, now that you've been sort of, you've been building up the podcast and, you know, building up this business and has there been sort of any big challenges that you've really had to face along the way and sort of what did you do to overcome this challenge? Yeah. So there have been similar to my career path, like lots of twists and turns with seeing other people. So like I said, I had um, texted my dating sucks co-host Jonah. And so Jonah and I started seeing other people together and, for the first like five months of 2021, we did the podcast together and it was something that I wanted seeing other people to be like my future, like main thing. Like I was freelancing on the side. Um, but for Jonah, seeing other people was more of a side thing. And he is a screenwriter and a director for his, and that's his main goal. And so over time, what ended up happening was like, I really wanted to like 
prioritize and focus on seeing other people as much as they possibly could. And for him, he was really trying to prioritize and focus on his actual like career path as much as he could. And so it ended up happening where he actually ended up having an amazing opportunity to um, work on a film. And one of his films was ending up in Tribeca and ended up like being released on Amazon Prime, which was so exciting. But he ended up leaving the show. And so this was middle of last year, like at the beginning of summer. And I'm like, oh my God, like there was never a question of, am I going to continue the show? I was like, absolutely. I'm going to continue the show. But I was like, I've never done an episode without him. Like, holy shit. How am I going to do that? How am I suddenly a solo co-host? Like I've never not had someone to bounce off of. I've never like run an interview by myself. And so that was really scary and really like daunting to me. But what I decided to do, what I knew would be the best decision for myself was I booked five recordings in one week because I knew I needed to throw myself into it where I wouldn't even have time to think. I wouldn't have time to be scared. I just had to like do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And I loved it. I was so pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed it. And I was really, really like pleasantly surprised and appreciative of all the feedback I got of people saying how much they loved it too. So that was one big one. Um, And then another one that I think might, a lot of people might relate to a little bit more is, you know, I'm starting this thing from scratch. I also have to pay my bills and my health insurance and put food on my table and my plate. So obviously it doesn't make money or make a living for you as soon as you want it to. And so I've had to freelance on the side. And obviously I'm, I'm taking on clients that I really want to work with and I'm doing like the work that I enjoy. But at the same time, it again, goes back to like balancing your schedule. And I've definitely run into situations a few times in the past year and change where I've taken on way too much. And, you know, I don't want to say no to things or it's like, oh, but this is a really cool project. Or I really look up to this person or, oh, like this, I don't really want to do this work, but they're going to pay me a lot of money and it would be really helpful for me to have that money. And so I end up really filling up my like plate like way too much. I end up feeling really overwhelmed, really stressed. Suddenly I can't feel like creative anymore. I can't even focus on seeing other people because I have all these other obligations. And so that's been the biggest challenge for me is learning how to say no and set those boundaries and tell myself like, okay, I can only take on two clients. Um, I have to get rid of this third or I have to wind something down. And now I'm actually at a point where I've had one client over the past like five months. I haven't taken on anything else because when I tried to, I realized it didn't work. And I had to say like, I really want to work with you. I'm so sorry. I'm biting off more than I could chew and I I can't actually do this. And I don't want to give you work. That's not my best work. Um, but now even with the one client as seeing other people is getting to like this place that I've always wanted it to get to, I'm now having to say like, Oh my God, I don't even think I can freelance anymore. Or I have to like really scale back and do it very differently and do a much like smaller version of it. And so it's been really hard to to have those realizations and to actually do something about it, but it's all part of like the process and it's all part of the journey and getting to where you want to be. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I guess that the first off, that's definitely a good problem to have at least is right, it's there. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely understand. Like, I think so many people can relate that and it's great that you are able to sort of see those signs and, you know, say no, which I know like is so hard for everyone. I can definitely relate to that. And so I think that, you know, it's, it's great to sort of see that progression of it and sort of finding those boundaries, like you said before, which is so important. And then on the other, you know, flip side of that, has there been sort of one really big milestone or highlight that really stands out to you from your journey so far? Definitely. And and let me just quickly say, like, I didn't just realize like, oh, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I need to like cut back. Like it was not easy and it's still not easy. It's more like I feel overwhelmed for a month or two. And then I complain to my family, my friends, my boyfriend, I talk their ear off about how stressed and overwhelmed I am. I make them like go crazy listening to me. And then I'm like, oh no, I can't do this to them anymore. I have to do, I have to make a change. So it's, it's really difficult. Um, but know that you're not alone. And yeah, one really, really cool milestone with seeing other people happened this past January. One thing that I've been doing for the past year to try and grow the podcast is I've been reaching out to a lot of reporters and trying to do like press and give quotes on dating topics and, up until this January, every single like article that was published about me or about seeing other people was something that I really like chased after. And one day I got a notification on my phone and someone sent me a link to an Elite Daily article. And it was like the top 15 dating podcasts you need to be listening to right now. And it was like, we met at Acme, Esther Perel's Where Should We Begin? Call Her Daddy, like Betches You Up, Seeing Other People, Alana Dunn. I was like, holy shit. And I had no idea that was happening. I didn't ask anyone for that. I didn't try and pitch myself. I didn't know that article was going to come out. And that was really like this amazing, like turning point moment for me where I was like, oh my God, like this is real. Like I actually built something real that's like getting out there and growing and helping people. And like, not only do I think that, but like other people do, (laughs) like really important people do. And just seeing seeing other people on that list next to podcasts that just podcasts that I've admired and and people I've looked up to was such an incredible feeling. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And I mean, congratulations because that is so huge. And I love like just seeing those moments and stuff is always just so great. And so it's nice that you were you were able to experience that. And do you have sort of any future plans, you know, coming up for the podcast as well that you'd like to share? Future plans for the podcast. I I feel like it's in a really consistent, good place right now. There's nothing big that I'm planning that I can talk about at the moment, um, but there is some stuff behind the scenes that I'm doing to, to really try and grow and get it out there to more people because at this point, I love the content. I love the guests I'm bringing on, the conversations that I'm having. It's all working. And I'm constantly getting really good feedback. I'm constantly asking my followers, like, what can I be doing better? Like, what do you want to talk about? Who do you want to hear from? Um, But right now, I think like this year is about getting it out to more people. And so I am talking to different podcast networks and hoping that um, something big is going to happen there soon to help. Amazing. Well, I can't wait to to see how all of that comes about. And if you had one piece of advice that you were giving to someone who was thinking of starting a business, uh, what would that advice be? So that advice would actually be something that my mom taught me when I was growing up. And it's, if you don't ask, you don't get. And that goes for anyone you want to network with, anyone you want to 
um, collaborate with anyone you want to have on your podcast or have them share a piece of your content or your job postings, whatever it is to help what you're trying to do. There are people that will help, but they can't read your mind. They have no idea that you want their help. They have no idea that they can help you actually, for the most part, unless you put yourself out there and ask. And like I said, I know it can be really scary and I know it can be really daunting, but it's a few moments of discomfort for something that can truly pay off and and change the trajectory of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's such a great piece of advice. And I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And where can people go to find your podcast, find you online, social media, all of that? Yeah, you can listen to Seeing Other People wherever you listen to podcasts and you can follow Seeing Other People on Instagram and Alana Dunn on Instagram and TikTok. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Alana. And just to finish off, I love to do just a quick little rapid fire segment. So if you just want to say sort of the first thing that comes to your mind. Let's do it. Are you a business owner looking to establish yourself as an expert in your industry, reach new audiences and build brand awareness, and form more personal connections with your current customers? It seems like a no-brainer, right? But how do you do this? Enter podcasting. The podcast industry has been growing rapidly over the past few years and doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. After starting Made It Happen, I saw the power podcasting can have, and I want to help other entrepreneurs and businesses do the same. Enter Elevate Podcast Co., a podcast agency helping entrepreneurs and businesses have their voices heard and elevate their brand. We support launching and growing podcasts to connect with your audience, build authority, and amplify your business. Through podcast coaching, management, and our portable podcast studio, we will help you reach your podcast goals. You can visit us at elevatepodcastco.com as well as in the show notes and book your free discovery call to learn more. Okay. So owning your own business means. Oh my God. (laughs) It means, oh my God. (laughs) Good answer. (laughs) Yep. Uh, One word to describe your business. Honest. Someone you look up to. I think my boyfriend for listening to me and being so patient with me all the time because I get really, I know this was supposed to be Spitfire, but I get really stressed out. I get really overwhelmed. I have all these like big dreams and big goals and and he's so supportive and so patient with all of that. I love that. Uh a female owned business. Invisaware. Um they actually they have like keychains and um scrunchies and bracelets and necklaces that if you feel like you're in danger, if you feel like you're being followed, if you're on a date or somewhere where you don't feel safe, if you tap, there's a hidden button on it. If you tap it twice, it sends your location to five of your emergency contacts and ADT. So someone can help you. Wow. That is really cool. Really cool. Um, A book you'd recommend? November 9. A lifesaver for your business. So this could be a platform, a planner, just anything you couldn't live without. My producer and editor, Camilla. Uh, A non-negotiable you have is? Communication. And the best advice you've ever received? If you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me here. I loved hearing about your story. This was so much fun and I can't wait to see all that's to come with your podcast. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Thanks so much for tuning in to Made It Happen podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. And thanks again for all your support. I'll see you next week.